Hello, it's 10 o'clock Sunday morning. The kids are downstairs playing Star Trek. Violet is organising the entire world. And next door, there's a construction team building a house. So apologies for any banging you may hear. Zog and I have just watched the first F1 race of 2011. And this is Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Zog. Hello. I'm Gareth, and we're very happy to have F1 back. We're yeah. happy to have F1 back. It but kept us waiting a little bit longer than it was supposed to, but yeah, right down the season start. That was extra painful. As a committed, in fact, an admitted F1 addict, the cancellation or the postponement of the Bahrain Grand Prix on the grounds of personal freedom, you know, on people's rights, it's not good enough when you're a fan. That hurt. That extra few weeks really, really, really hurt. I need my fix, man, after and it was four very months. Use- and it was very useful to McLaren, clearly, to have the extra time. Although, in all seriousness, we should say credit to Mark Webber for being, I think, the only driver to say publicly, actually, you know, F1 is not as important as people's freedom, and no, of course we shouldn't go to Bahrain and race there if those kind of protests are happening. So, respect to Mark Webber, I think. Who's um, a cool guy, yeah, but wasn't cool enough to win the race in Australia. Listen, No, the- no and, you know, he did look a bit down about it, but, you know, but as usual, he's sort of saying, well, you know, we've got to look at everything, and I've got to look at myself, because he clearly did not have the pace to Vettel today, and, yeah, he'll want to know why. OK, if you missed the race or you've forgotten what happened, here's a reminder of how the top ten finished. Tenth, Sebastian Buemi for Toro Rosso. Ninth, a disappointing result for Felipe Massa in the Ferrari. Eight, Kobayashi, Sauber. Seventh, Sergio Perez on his debut in the Sauber. Sixth, Button in the McLaren. Fifth, a disappointed Mark Webber in the Red Bull Renault. Fourth, Alonso for Ferrari. Third, a surprise result for Vitaly Petrov in the Renault. Second, Hamilton, McLaren, a good result. And the winner, as I'm sure you're aware, Sebastian Vettel in the Red Bull. It's so often the case that F1 starts its following season more or less where we left off in the previous season you know I've been watching it long enough to remember this so the last time that this didn't happen I think was oh 2009 when the Braun car suddenly appeared from nowhere and was going much yeah, quicker than the really Honda su- it had been yeah, previously made a really yeah. step forward but this is business as usual. You know, Red Bull have got the march. They've got the quickest car. Yep. McLaren aren't far away. Neither are Ferrari in the grand scheme of things. The biggest change is that Renault. Or is it a Lotus? It's not a Lotus, is it? No, it's a Renault. It's got a Lotus badge in it, but it's a Renault. And they've done a beautiful job with it. I didn't believe what they were saying about how much quicker they were going to be this year and how competitive they'd be. But looks like they may have done a very good job with it. And Petrov did really well to get it on the podium. So maybe we'll be seeing uh, Renault really fighting it out at the front there. Yeah, this season is to some extent starting in a similar shape to the way the last season ended. But McLaren did seem to really have to pull themselves up a bit to be that close. And given that Red Bull were not using Kurs this weekend, they hadn't put the Kurs on the car, I think you'd be pretty worried about that from the perspective of 
the other teams because that's possible performance that they've chosen not to put on the car because presumably they reckon it would be a bit fragile, it would compromise reliability, or there's enough raw speed in the car without it that they just don't need it. And that's that's, that's a worry. That, that's a bit ominous for everyone else. <laughs> it's a worry, isn't it? What we don't want is for Rebel to run away with the championship and have it all wrapped up. Oh, hang on, we've got 19 races oh, this year. Season-long scrap, yeah. you know, but there's every prospect of that because you know people keep saying we've got five world champions out there on track and they're all in competitive cars. Red Bull and McLaren look close enough. Ferrari, well, you know, Massa was maybe a bit disappointing at the time of this weekend, but Alonso's going to be fighting out at the front. And Perez and Duresta are not going to be fighting out at the front, but it was great to see them making really strong debuts. This is great that Sauber, very strong results, seventh and eighth. Yeah, yeah. How on earth have they achieved that? Last year, they had no sponsorship apart from the word Burger King, which appeared on their car, I think, for two or three races. You know, how on earth can you develop a car for the following season with no throughput of cash like that? And you have to have a good car. I believe in Kobayashi as a racer. Yep. I think he's a great overtaker. Yep. He might not be the quickest guy out there. He can overtake whether his car is quick or not, but yep. the overall pace of the car this year seems to be much better for Sauber than it had been previously. Proved by Perez, who's right up there as well. Well, I, mean, I, I can't help thinking there may be something in there, perhaps, that they've just been able to make a bit more of the Ferrari package on this car, maybe. Ferrari haven't. <laughs> well, well, to a point. If you were, given the resources of the teams and given that, you know, Ferrari, if they're going to favour anyone, they're going to favour themselves. But if you've got the Ferrari engine and gearbox package, relative to how well you might expect them to do, yeah, you'd say that Sauber have kind of done better than Ferrari. But listen, you, you mentioned Kobayashi and overtaking. He's a driver who seems to be able to overtake, find a spot to do it where other drivers maybe can't or aren't quite brave enough to. I thought it was notable that there wasn't quite as much overtaking in this race as you know one might have been led to believe by all of the changes that have come in this year. You know, DRS, Kurz is back. DRS, drag reduction system, movable rear wing. Yeah, precisely, the tyres... Um, a bunch of reasons why there might have been a lot more overtaking, which we didn't really see. I could really only think of Vettel going around the outside of the button at one point, one or two other moves, but there was certainly nothing like the avalanche of overtaking that some people might have hoped for. Or... Mm. Violet just came in the room. V, did, did, you, did you want to say something? <laughs> well, now that you're in the room, you're going to have to. A tricorder. <laughs> right. Um, there uh, is a Federation tricorder somewhere. If we had a tricorder, we could scan for it. It was Leonard Nimoy's birthday yesterday. Did you know that? It was, yes. He was 80, yes. Right. And it was William Shatner's a couple of days before that. Crikey, it's a hey, uh, Star Trek uh, birthday I see, fest. I see the you found tricorder. the tricorder. Yeah. It's next to the phaser. Yeah, Violet's not joking. She truly has got a tricorder and a phaser. How, is, how are the Federation doing downstairs? Um, all working out. Okay. <laughs> it really. Where were we? Right. I want to talk about some of the detail of the cars in the race, but we'll save that for the second half of the show. Here at Gareth Jones on Speed, we love cars. And we love music. So we like to imagine our favourite bands performing songs about cars. In the past, we've shown you what it would sound like if The Jam had made a song about Britain's roads. Everything's OK back in the UK. Everything's OK. 
and a Beastie Boys style celebration of the hard work F1 teams put into the first race of the season. Some people are still taking down Christmas decorations, but we bust a gut with our season preparations. No sleep till Barry! No sleep till Barry! And rocking a 60s icon, the Ford Cortina, the Rolling Stones. But we won't stop there, oh no, so don't bother writing in. Exclusively on Gareth Jones on Speed, you can expect to hear more fond musical imaginings, all based on pop groups of the past and their predilections for automobilia. In future episodes, listen out for The Talking Heads, singing about endurance racing. And they're all here to watch a motor race, I think they're in the right place. Twenty-four hours of racing, sounds alright. Twenty-four hours of racing, gonna stay awake all night. A lament on being fined for non-payment of a residence parking permit by Echo and the Bunnymen. I'm Proclaimers proclaiming the joys of racing on gravel. We want a rally back, I already owned a bobble hat. We want a rally back, we do, we do, we do. We want a rally back, I already owned a bobble hat. We want a rally back, we do, we do, we do, we do. Gareth Jones on speed, putting the BHP into BPM. Gareth Jones on speed! I was very pleased when I spotted via the gift of Twitter that my good mate Zog here was up for qualifying yesterday morning, our time. Well done. You don't usually get up early in the morning. There's only No, no, I don't like to be up there in the morning unless I can kind of sneak up on it from the other side. Oh, that, that's so. the thing. I was about to say, the things that usually get me up in the morning is, you know, the kids, uh, Formula One or holiday travel, or been up for a big one on a Friday night, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a race or maybe something like, you know, if I'm off on holiday doing something fun, a bit of skiing or scuba diving, I can get up early for that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, As, nothing beats a good life. So it proves to me that this passion for Formula One, that you've got it as bad as I have for you to get up early to no. watch quality is something. Yeah. I found myself getting up to watch first practice. I stayed awake till one thirty in the morning to watch first practice on mm. the Friday night, Saturday morning fell asleep and then woke up about three hours later to watch second practice simply to get a look at the cars. Now, I've seen lots of stills of the cars, but to see them on the track in television HD colour for the first time, thank you, BBC. I'm not sure I detected a quantum change in the quality, but I think my TV upscales nicely from SD. Mm. But to see it in HD was very good. But you get to notice more stuff about the cars when you see them in motion, when you see them compared to each other, sharing a bit of track together. And so getting up at practice allows you that sort of sneak 
preview. And the thing that I noticed most of all was the rear of the McLaren. Now, McLaren have gone backwards to go forwards. They started off with what they call the octopus exhaust design for their car, where they had the eight exhausts fed into two and it came forward to the front of the under tray of the car and vented out sideways they couldn't make that work they had overheating problems i reckon they probably had aerodynamic imbalance problems as well so they took it off the car and it made it a second quicker Mm. and looking at the back of the mclaren now It's got this remarkable rear diffuser that is like, you know, you have draft excluder at the bottom of your door. You have a great big It's a rubber strip or Mm. or either a rubber strip or a a spring-loaded strip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really the proportions of that gap that I'm trying to compare to a door. You've got a very, very wide letterbox flat. Yep. Aeroblade. That's the word I was looking for. Aeroblade. There's another name for it as well. They use them in factories and things. And if you've got an aeroblade, pump a lot of air into this narrow gap. You can balance a whole row of ping pong balls on it. You may remember I did it on Yeah, It's an air pressure thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see any other cars with this rear flat letterbox gap at the back for the diffuser to exit or the exhaust to exit. You look at some of the other very quick cars, the Toro Ross, so to a lesser degree the Ferrari, but certainly the Red Bull, they've got a ruddy great anus at the back, a huge sphincter a, 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 open. a circular opening yeah. at the back of the sort of engine cover where it's all sort of sucked down and then you get almost like a rocket-like sort of Exactly. Yeah. Now, calculus would say that that is the perfect shape to have if you're going to manage an airflow, you know, a circular shape. Depends what you want to achieve. Ah, okay. In terms of efficiency, calculus says that you're going to argue maths with me. This is a mistake. No, 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 no. no, I'm not not arguing maths. My first thought is simply, because what you're saying is that given that the area of those openings is equal, Mm -hmm. is the narrow letterbox Mm -hmm. a more efficient opening to let the gas, the airflow out than a circular opening? I think it would be quite right to say it seems intuitively absolutely right that the circular opening is going to offer less resistance. Exactly, because there's less friction, because there's a less perimeter around the area. I agree with you there. Sorry to be so pedantic about it, but you've got to be, yeah, this is the thing. But, But there may be some advantage to not letting the air out so freely. I don't know what it is. And it may be some kind of direct advantage or maybe some sort of indirect advantage because, you know, we know that you get all these sort of funny interactions of bits of aerodynamics where something that might not seem like a smart thing to do actually has a beneficial effect further back on the car because of the way it's doing something with airflow at one part of the car then has a knock-on effect further back. I had a conversation with a good pal of mine who's a GP. That's a good friend who's a doctor as opposed to a a Grand Prix who is a race and you've got so far over the edge in your F1 obsession that your friends are now the Melbourne Grand Prix. The si- there we go. I've got a very good relationship with an insurance race in France as well. We're going to be married next year. So, so my friend who is a general practitioner uh, was describing how we breathe and he talked about positive pressure. I was coming at it from the point of view of aerodynamics and mechanics and he was coming at it from the point of view of biology. And he talks about positive pressure in breathing. What you've got is two fairly large nostrils and then they narrow to where your septum is. So you've got a much smaller area. So you've got 
a venturi effect. It's the same thing that cars with carburettors have, mm-hmm. where you scoop in a huge amount of air and then accelerate that volume of air. Because the gap is narrower, it travels at a higher speed. You know, yeah. that, that's how venturis work. That's why when you stand between tall buildings, the air seems to be whistling through an incredible rate. Yeah. Chicago, the Windy City. Yeah. Chicago, the city with tall buildings, is really what they should call it for that reason. To bring that back to the McLaren... Perhaps this is what's going on here, that they are controlling the release of the airflow, perhaps with that extra length of edge that's causing the air to slow down at the top and therefore curl the air upwards on the exit of the car, giving some controlled release to that air at the back, which acts perhaps a bit like a cam back on a car, you know, the cam back, yeah, K-A-double-M, yeah, yeah, a Porsche yeah, yeah. fan, you know about this, where it prevents a build-up of an area of low pressure immediately behind the car, sucking yeah. it back. Which I think it does essentially by creating turbulence. I believe that's how it works. And, you know, you would think, oh, creating turbulence, that sounds bad. Mm. But no, but actually sometimes turbulence is good because it prevents that low pressure area. Mm. I'm guessing my knowledge of the aerodynamics at this level are nowhere near as good as... Well, even the worst engineer in the Formula One grid at the moment. But I'm guessing that could be what's going on. We've talked about the stars of the show. Let's just look at the disappointments of the show briefly before we bring the show to a head. Well, uh, HRT obviously <sighs> didn't even start the race Actually, because of the 107% rule, which we should, you know, in case anyone isn't familiar, you have to qualify within 107% of the time of the pole sitter. Shocking that in the world's greatest motorsport... One of the teams can barely make it there. Either you're in or you're not. Should there be some pre-qualifying? Well, you can't, on the one hand, try and expand the sport and bring more teams in, and then, on the other, get too fussy, too worked up about the fact that not everybody comes up to the very high standard that we're used to. You just can't have those two things together. You know, you bring a bunch of new teams in, yet some of them are going to fail from time to time. They're going to have difficulties until they've really gone underway. And, you know, HRT are still having that trouble. HRT are the new Minardi. They are the new Arrows, aren't they? This yeah. is the sadness of it. In the meantime, what was Minardi is now a Toro Rosso, comparable to being a... A very good well, Red Bull beating. They're yeah. solidly midfield now, you know. Uh, Which must really annoy Williams and Sauber, who have always been the most solid midfield team performers of the recent years. So well done to Toro Rosa. Yeah, we should say we didn't see this weekend from Williams, I think, the performance that we might have liked to have seen. And that all started to go wrong when Barrichello spun in qualifying, which was uncharacteristic. Yeah, yeah. Very uncharacteristic. But it's nice to see the Williams looking like the old Rothmans Williams of the Damon Hill, Jacques Villeneuve, David Coulthard period. You know, that pattern that they've got at the back just mimics mm. it. And I like that, but I do fancy a Rothman's fag every time I see it. Which is, <laughs> and every time I see the Sauber... Who says he would have a product placement that doesn't work? Should there be a product placement sign there? It should uh, be, shouldn't there? On the, the ITV are having it. Uh, Maybe the BBC yeah, should. For, uh, <laughs> well, and every time I see the Sauber, I think, claro, que si. Everything uh, is... Claro, because it has Claro advertising on the side. So maybe you, the you're thinking of the old yellow song. Yeah, yes, you are. Well done, actually. Yeah. Yes, uh, all from a second album, wasn't it? Right. Was it? Yeah. What was it called? Not uh, that you, it's important. You've got to say yes to another excess. Oh, well done. Yeah. See, you don't have to tweet us or email us with the answer to that now. Well oh, done, Zee. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> right, what else have we got going on? Carthacane and Liotzi. What the heck is Liotzi doing in a HRT? He's not the greatest driver in the world, but he's better than an HRT. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, Carthacane's there because 
Because we're going to India this year. He's a handy racer. He was very good in A1 GP, and he was good in the Jordan. Well, but I think he's past his prime. You say it? we're going to India this year. Remind me when we're going to India. Quite late on in the season. Right. They're How still... long are HRT going to Aha! be? Yeah. Surely there is a bit of a question mark as to whether they'll make it that far. Which is probably why Karen I mean... Shandok has been chosen as the Lotus test driver. Because when it gets to that race, oh, Trulli's got a cold and they, they could put Karen in. But to be fair, I hope he does better than his embarrassing debut after three corners in practice where Karen spun off and hit the wall, taking Trulli's Lotus out yep. of the session completely mm. and putting them on a back foot. Mm. Poor, really. Very poor. Nice guy, slightly, Karen. Lovely yeah, guy. But, but slightly scrappy start this yeah. weekend. Heartbreaking. Speaking of uh, looks of the cars, the thing that struck me about the Virgin car was how much the nose looks like a sturgeon. It's uh, <laughs> the most fish-like front of any of the cars. Whether this has anything to do with the Nick Worth computer-based modelling approach, who knows, but strikingly sturgeon A sturgeon fast fish. Barracuda fast, aren't they? Yep, yep. Shark are fast? Yep. A tuna, tuna are very fast. Tuna are fast? Yeah. A sturgeon fast? I don't think so. I think they kind of meander around the Black Sea and just produce caviar. Or that's that's yeah, yeah. They be, uh, <laughs> So They're very old fish. They're very primitive. They're they quite, are, aren't um, they? Yeah. That's true, yeah. I wonder if that sturgeon-shaped car, you know, the marbles that come off the Pirelli tyres... If they, they taste like caviar? Yeah, I wonder. Ooh. That particular car? Okay. Probably not, mm. but worth it's a, a nice, thought. It's a nice, nice thought. <laughs> Who are the other teams? Lotus, Renault. Hang on, which one do we yeah, mean? Yeah, Team we Lotus. Mean team Lotus. Lotus. Green oh, okay. Lotus. Green Lotus. Team yeah. Lotus, yeah. What happened to those in the race? Did they finish even? Kovalainen spun off, didn't he? He did. He pulled off. What happened to... Truly, truly made it to 15, is what happened. Down two laps on Heidfeld, who was in front of him. Poor old Heidfeld disappointed. But I think Heidfeld's problem was, again, from qualifying, where he was... Not balked, but his timing in qualifying meant that he was on the back foot and qualified badly, so he was never going to finish well. But huge difference to Petrov is incredible. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll inevitably be rather disappointed by that. You know, as the older, more experienced guy, of course, he wants to show the young teammate how it's done. But Petrov is showing that he's got some real speed there. So maybe this is going to be a Rosberg-Schumacher situation this year at oh, yeah. uh, Lotus Renault, and we're going to see Petrov consistently being quicker than his more experienced teammate. And talking about Nico and Michael in the Mercedes team, which had a terrible race, I think we both agree Nico's got the legs of Michael. Yeah, I think, he's gonna, I, th- I think he's going to have him again this year. Yeah. I think. I'm really happy to see Michael as cheerful as he is about how things are going and the positive approach that he seems to have right now, but not really doing him much good. Schumacher, he's just not quick enough anymore, is he? I tweeted during the race that Schumacher had retired about 18 races too late, you know, when he retired from this race, really. I mean, I, ironic, but I think Something perhaps true. Yeah. He may be useful for developing the team, but as a racer, I think he's past his prime. I mm. really do. Unfortunately, yeah. One last thing about Petrov as well before we wrap this up. I think he's been handed a slight advantage by Kurz this year. Not the Kurz system. Not the Kurz, Kurz system, as somebody pointed out, yeah. yes. And not the DRS system. No, DRS. DRS. That's what the S and the S stands yeah. for in, in DRS. Do you know what your PIN number is? Do you, do, do, do you get it up on an LCD display? Uh, you... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're good. Petrov has been handed an advantage by Kurz. Because of the advent of or the return of Kurz to the cars, they upped the base weight of the car, which meant that weight of drivers 
is now less critical than it yeah. was. And Petrov is, I he's believe... He's a big lad, isn't he? He's yeah. over Relatively. 53 feet tall, I think. He's <laughs> enormous. And consequently heavier than lighter driver. You know, mm. Little Lewis and uh, Vettel sort of average height, I suppose. So maybe that's why he's doing so well. You know, maybe big drivers uh, can make a comeback. Maybe contributing, but I think you can't attribute that podium just to the fact that it's a bit easier for the heavier drivers to be doing well this year. That, At this stage, really I'll, I'll, I'll attribute anything to anything. <laughs> Right, listen, who's going to win the championship? Vettel. Yeah, really? And you're I, th- not just, I think so, yeah. yeah. That's just how it feels. I'd love Lewis to win it. I'd love Button to win it. I'd love to see Webber win it. But I think Vettel's going to make it two in a row. I'm not going to rule out Lewis or perhaps Jensen for that matter because the vibe looking at the two McLaren drivers they looked very happy both of them considering that they did not have the yeah, race they I were, agree, yeah. would have liked to have had. The fact that McLaren could come back to deliver a car which was clearly, you know, if not the best in the field, certainly second, shows that McLaren have a strength in depth, which if they apply properly throughout the season, can deliver a car which will take the fight to Red Bull. And that's what I'd like to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've said it before, you know, McLaren can develop a car like nobody else. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean they will develop it that well every year, but they have an unrivaled ability to pull that development out of the bag, I think. And they did that in a great burst of activity pre-season, a little last-minute panic. But, yeah, I still think Battle's going to do it. Well, stick with us over this season of Gareth Jones on speed, and we'll find out if our prediction is right. I can't remember if our prediction's been right in the past. But... Well, in which case, let's just say they were. Yeah, <laughs> I like your approach. One final thought if Petrov finished third in that Renault imagine if Kubica had been racing where he might have finished we could have been saying Kubica could be world champion this year we wish him a speedy recovery we'd be nice to see him back in the car for the end of the season you've been listening to Gareth Jones on speed he was Zog goodbye I was Gareth, and we'll finish with our traditional end to the start of the season show. This is Nice to Have F1 Back 2011. Oh, it really is. It really, really is. F1's back after a stay of execution, but not in Bahrain, they're facing revolution. Kurz and Pirelli and DRS, with HRT in a terrible mess. Vitaly Petrov kept Alonso at bay, was that a John Blaise special on the track today? With movable wings at the back, not the front, Karun Shandok had an embarrassing shunt. Vettel's Red Bull had lots of grunts, Barrichello qualified like an utter clot. The Scarlet Cow charged just like last year. Said must have necked on Red Bull, but beer, he said. We are, we are, we do what we do. We started the ball run for championship number two. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!